0: The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Tyson. This is John.
1: This is Rebecca.
0: This is Nick. This is still Tom. This is Lucas. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Robot Podcast.
2: So are we recording? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think uh, before we get into it, we're going to talk about comics this episode. I guess I'm running this show since Lucas and Rebecca aren't here. I'm, Wait, I thought I was I'm running third, the show. I'm third in line. No, you press the buttons.
1: Oh, that's right. So
2: I mean you're running the show. And since Rebecca's not here, we can do and say all the things that she don't normally doesn't let us. We're off the chain, guys. Off the chain. Um Steve Ditko. Oh yeah. I think we should talk about that. That sucks. I
0: What's mean it? he was ninety years old. Yeah. People I, uh, die. Yeah, yeah,
2: no, I mean people yeah. die, but <laughs> I don't know like we're kind of in this weird space where it's like like the the uh like so many of like the comic creators or just like the creators and stuff that we really love like they're getting up there and this kind of shit just happens i mean it's a bummer but i don't know at least we have like the great stuff that they gave us right so like
3: spider-man seeing ant-man the stan lee cameo it's like I'm looking at my watch when he gets on screen <laughs> he is so old. he does not look good. Hasn't it, he's been in the hospital a bunch yeah. he got robbed he looked rough really rough like we're coming to the end of an era yeah
2: <laughs> yes, very much so like i'm I'm waiting for that one any day um and then
3: also like um, if we were to put a pool on who's gonna <laughs> die this a year. deadpool if you will a deadpool yeah he's gonna be even money because it's almost guaranteed it's
2: I mean, God, yeah. we should make an episode where we just put out a Deadpool. Oh, God. I don't, I don't think that'd be a very popular episode. Um, also, we've made a, a new uh, nemesis, uh, enemy of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Wood rocket. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what <laughs> happened with that? What'd know? you do? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We thought
1: we were praising them, and apparently they didn't take it as praise, and now we're not friends. Which I like that someone there apparently
2: listened to it, because... That's crazy. Can we blame Scott. I don't
1: think it was I don't think we should. But, but can we blame him? I mean, I mean we might Can as we well. scapegoat him? We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Yeah, it was really funny too, because like they were like, says the podcast that hates us, and I was like laying in bed, like, wow. Yeah. We, but we don't, though. I mean, we thought the Pikachu shooting pee was a little weird, but That's Rebecca's I mean, favorite porn. Hold up. Like, if they're not self aware enough to know
2: how weird and acknowledge how weird and fucked up some of the shit they put out is, I, I don't know what to do for
3: not that. Not only that, yeah. but I think Rebecca is the only person that watches their parodies for artistic merit. <laughs> yeah, like <one> just sits <laughs> down and watches the, the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gets involved in the
1: story. Anyway, that was... Isn't that the point of yeah, so, uh so parody? Shout out to Woodrocket. I mean, we don't hate you. No, we think you're great. And if you were to sponsor us, we'd be hella
3: into that, like super into it. We're four guys sitting in a basement, like we love pornography. <laughs> we're talking about comic books and movies every
1: weekend. Like, what do you think we do when we're waiting for the next issue to come out?
3: <laughs> we literally watch.
2: Guess what? It's not reading morning. books. It's ten a.m. I've already
1: watched porn. Well, you got to start your day strong. <laughs> Oh, uh,
2: all right so speaking of porn it's wedding season yeah. <laughs> in comic oh, books so we got kitty pride and colossus selena kyle and bruce there's some twists going on here which ones do you want to start off with john
3: well so first off selena kyle and bruce it's been building we've For talked like about this before. Yeah. yeah yeah but with that whole storyline you got the double date yeah, you, um, yeah They yeah. move from that which started to... like end of last year right yeah, because I remember it was those were a good wild. comics. I like those. Six yeah. months ago, for sure. Yeah. So that whole, I have twelve issues has been building up to, and it's all stuff like that. They did the double date, uh, then it was Batman and Wonder Woman get sucked into like this alternate universe, and they're there for what feels like eighty years. Ugh. And Bruce like is about to cheat on Selina <laughs> with Diana, and then he backs out, and they come out, and they all laugh about it. And then the next one was. Booster Gold as a wedding gift goes back in time and saves uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne <laughs> as like <laughs> a wedding a gift. And Bruce, <laughs> it was great because Bruce comes ex- becomes exactly what you expect. He is like the most entitled, self-centered you have ever met. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, and then it comes to the wedding. And first off, a uh, month ago with my comic books, I got like a very nicely done. Save the date. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and It was. It made my whole life. <laughs> it,
1: it,
3: I like have it in my room, and my girlfriend came over one day, and she kind of caught a glance at it and she's like, "Who's wedding?" Looks at it, and I got the biggest eye roll I've ever <laughs> seen. In my you should, oh. What you need to do is you
2: need to hang it on the fridge, yeah, like down yeah. in your kitchen, so your roommates see it, like. Oh, looks like John's got a
1: oh, fucking nerd. <laughs> I will
3: save this forever. Like,
2: it was so great. But
1: that marketing was actually brilliant because uh, I haven't been to the comic shop in a long while until Nick and I went to that. Um, oh, the weird one. The warehouse. Yeah. Um, black soldier, mm. black soldiers bunker. Yeah. And um, after. So a couple of my colleagues from Oklahoma were in town and <laughs> we were at lunch over by heebie-jeebies, and they were like, oh, there's a comic shop, we should go check it out. It was Eddie and Justin. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. And while I was in that shop, probably six people walked in asking for the wedding issues. Yeah. And they didn't have holds, they were new customers of this shop, so good on them for marketing the hell out of it.
3: Yeah, so most of this was Batman side, and then the last two issues leading up to the actual wedding issue was Selena and the Joker. Oh, and interesting. it was awesome. I, Tom King, like, has been killing this character development. I read these two issues, and, like, I understood the Joker. Like, it's not madness. It's sad and depraved, but, like, it made (laughs) perfect sense. It was highly recommended. You want to get in the mind of a lunatic? Like, definitely pick up these issues. So, where are we at with... Uh, I just, on July 4th, the wedding issue came out. Okay. Okay. It was really cool. So, You have the usual team writing and drawing it, but every two pages, it's, like, them writing their vows with a Batman artist from the past 20 years doing the page. That's right. One is, like, Batman's vows, Catwoman's vows, two pages of story, then another vow, vow. It was pretty cool. They're kind of mirroring each other. Like, they're saying the same thing, even though they're writing separate things. And as you get further along... Catwoman just realizes more and more like Bruce is actually happy and he can't be Batman if he's happy. So the shock at the end is she, she- no shows and you have like a completely broken Bruce Jesus. Wayne. And who's waiting in the shadows? The Joker. Bane. Oh He's <laughs> oh, like, shit. I've finally broken the bat. So he has been like orchestrating this has been going on for like his whole run. Bane's kind of moving pieces around, trying to break Bruce Wayne mentally instead of physically. Right, and he kind of orchestrated this whole breakup in his own way, planting seeds seeds so of like, doubt. Bruce stuff. can't be happy and be Batman okay. at the same time. Oh shit! Yeah, so I mean, I
2: kind of feel like I don't know. Can you have a married Batman?
3: yeah it was gonna like, be how does that weird, play? especially like, with can't. her and it's been cool having her as like the robin figure throughout this whole series mm-hmm. then going around but like she's Catwoman. she's yeah. gonna do what she does the exciting right. part of this is now she gets her own series again which is both written and drawn by joelle jones oh okay so i'm pretty stoked about that i don't know if you guys have read any of her work her name mm-hmm. sounds super familiar it it should be pretty good i just added it to my pull list uh, other wedding is Kitty Pride and Colossus, which I thought they were already married. Yeah, me too. Well, it's been building forever, but things always happen. Will oh, okay. they? Won't they? He dies. She's stuck in a giant bullet for like ten years. You know, <laughs> like just weddings are
1: hard when you're in a bullet. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so similar. This has been building forever, and they finally get to the wedding, and Kitty phases uncontrollably into the ground. Which is the sign that she's not ready to get married, and the wedding doesn't. Oh have Jesus! It. But the big twist: Rogan Gambit got married. They already had the whole wedding thing, and Gambit's just like, "Fuck it, I've never been happy without you." And they got married, and now that's a whole new series called <laughs> Mister <laughs> and Mrs X.
1: Okay, I, it was good. See, here's <laughs> the thing: like,
2: I grew up with. 90s x-men so i've always been a big gambit rogue shipper you know yeah so if they got hitched i'm down with that i know gambit gets a lot of hate i've always kind of liked his character i I felt the
3: same way like building up to this is starting in the 80s like i was stoked colossus and kitty pride are finally getting married and then it didn't happen i was super bummed out and then 90s x-men kicked in and i i cried a little bit (laughs) i was super excited like
1: there's a lot of logistics questions about that relationship. I'd like to surface. Her powers are on the fritz,
3: so like they were actually able to kiss at the Ooh. wedding, but also like she doesn't know when they're going to kick in. So the honeymoon could be a different. They thing. <laughs> there are multiple dice rolls with every interaction. So it's wedding season, but not really. <laughs> there, there
2: was, was one, one wedding. There was, there was, one. One, there was one. one for three. Yeah, one pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, thirty-three percent. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So we'll get back. To, we'll get well all right captain
3: america so mark wade's ending
2: his run is that what I mark
3: wade's run has ended so it was a nice transit you had nick spencer do the whole secret empire thing where captain america is like the face of hydra right uh mark wade stepped in where it's actual steve rogers is back and this was just like a nice little 10 issue run of like trying to fix his image Going after a bunch of white supremacists and then in typical Markway fashion, (laughs) total time travel. Captain America gets frozen again. He wakes up in a dystopian future, fixes everything, goes back in time. It just felt kind of like a time killer for Mm. this new run to start. Waiting for everybody to reset. Just like a little side adventure. Yeah, just to get you back into the mode of like Captain America. Not being a Nazi. (laughs) Because they're doing a big reset, right? Yeah, it just happened. Uh, Tom and I both read it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, across Marvel.
3: Not a huge reset. Uh, There's a couple things that are happening. Okay, because I know Spider Man's getting a reset. Spider-Man's continuing on, number-wise. But 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 like but the story itself is like, yeah, where the fuck writer. did I read this? Oh, number one. Never yeah, mind.
0: so Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley's yeah. number one mm. comes out 7-Eleven.
3: Mm, is that that's, Free Slurpee Day? this week. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Free Slurpee and <laughs> a
2: new issue of Amazing Spider-Man starting at number one? What else could uh, be better?
3: <laughs> Man, Thor is back. Jason right. Aaron picked that up. Like, Should be pretty good. I haven't had a chance to read them yet, but one and two are out. Uh, Mark Wade took over Doctor Strange that's cool. at a number 1 again
0: I read I, yeah I saw like a list of everybody in like um the two Tahisi nikots books are starting over at number 1 yeah um I think they're getting rid of all like a lot of the like the Riri and uh Jane Foster oh, Thor like they're the, getting rid of all that stuff so Dan and going Slott's back to like
3: taking over Iron Man and that's at number 1 and Fantastic mm-hmm. Four is coming back
2: Oh, finally
3: getting some men into the superhero
2: position. Jesus! Oh, goddamn Isn't, time. Is
1: Dan slot doing Fantastic yeah, Four? He's yeah, he's doing yeah, Iron yeah. Man,
3: Fantastic Four.
1: So back to the Cap. Um, I love that they reference back pretty early in the Cap runs, like Sharon being old, right, and talking about how she got stuck in Dimension Z. Yeah, I thought that because I'd kind of forgotten because that was that was like three years ago that all that went down with uh. That was before Remender was writing Cap, right? Or was that when Remender started writing Cap?
3: It was. That was yeah, like yeah. the time travel stuff, Arnim Zola's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Universe, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Where Cap has a son and all that yeah. goes down, but like I had kind of like forgotten about that in between, and so them going back and referencing that, maybe like, oh yeah, yeah,
3: they did so. a good job. What I really liked about it is. I always had distaste for Captain America growing up because I was like, "Oh, he's just this like propaganda tool that we mm-hmm. created in the '40s and have continued using." And he was super lame. And then Civil War is when I like fell in love with Cap. And this book, I mean, it, not to get all political, but like it perfectly encompasses like how right. I feel about it. Like he is the American dream. And the rest of America's like <laughs> on their own path yeah, of God yep. knows what. Yep. And he's punching them all. He's not. That's the thing is like he is kind of realizing like I am the only person that understands what this country is about and no one wants to hear it. Yep. It's pretty much how <laughs> it was. So I'm pretty excited for this whole thing. They kind of referenced Trump in it. They refer to a new president in office, how he has taken over. Right. He's put General Ross in charge of everything who's a lunatic he was in prison previously and sharon's just kind of like i don't believe in it but i gotta go along with it could you imagine uh trump in the marvel universe like
2: all right i'm going to appoint uh red skull as uh secretary of state he's a fine person he just
1: ignore the red skull he's a fine person well and there's some pretty heavily political panels like the one where they've got i mean they're the new clones right basically and they've got the american flags painted on their face and they're killing Americans in the name of America and Cap's like stopping them and they're calling him a traitor. It's really it's good. Ugh, it's good stuff. Sounds a little too close to home. It, uh, it's yeah. totally too <laughs> yeah. close to
3: home, but I think that's what makes it great. And a definite change for Captain America.
2: Yeah. So uh staying on Marvel, Amazing Spider Man, issue eight oh one. Oh lordy. That was so good. So so good. Uh quintessential Spider Man. Yep. I feel like if you've never read a Spider-Man comic and you're familiar with him maybe through cartoons, uh the movies, stuff like that, but you want to kind of delve into like why Spider-Man does what he does and what kind of hero he is, pick up Amazing Spider-Man 801 and give it a read.
1: Yep. I think one thing it does really really well too is Especially in the age of, like, super-powered superheroes with, like, international galactic intergalactic battles and, mm-hmm. like, super, like, Thor being able to, like, drop lightning and blow away 500, 600 people and channel the light of a star through his body and all that shit. It puts perspective into, like, what the smaller superheroes do, which I think is really cool.
2: Well, and, I mean, two of my uh top three superheroes are spider-man and daredevil yep and that's part of like what i've always liked about them is you know yeah they get pulled into the big crossover events and everything and it's always great you know when they show up and kick some ass even though they're probably underpowered compared to everybody else but they're always fighting the fight on the ground right they're fighting corruption and the mob and just like all this craziness and what this book uh, that I love about it is, and we've talked about this, this, this is like something that's missing in like uh, the recent Superman movies and stuff, right? Is it shows him down there saving the people who just need to be saved. They're being held up in a convenience store, and so he saves them. And it shows that he, the 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 consequences of him saving. Like, right. so they they follow this one guy who. Um, He's in a whole stick up, and Spider Man saves him, and then you flash forward like what twenty years or something yeah, like that, right? And um, he's an older guy now, and he's like, "I would not have had this life had Spider Man not saved me that yep. day." And I appreciate, like, I'm forever grateful to him for that. And it just shows Spider Man like it. There's that one pan. There's that great panel where it's the the splash page, right? And it's got a couple little boxes all around of like he's saving mothers, he's saving uncles, he's right. sa- you
1: know, he's these are the people he's saving and giving them a second chance at life. Yeah, and I think the message of like he saves one world at a time, right? Like because, Yeah, they say that in the issue, yeah. It's the idea, so poignant. You don't yeah. need
3: to take on Galactus, you need to just impact one life at a time. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like the, the
0: guy's niece is like, Oh, Spider Man's lame. Like I finally yeah. see a superhero and he's like, Well,
3: listen. Yeah. Yeah. And like He I think, wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for that lame <laughs> I also I also really
1: like how they give you the crash course on his origin story in, like, one page. Yep. And they call it When It Goes Wrong. Yeah. And then they give you that nice, like, 25-page juxtaposition of when it goes right, what he ends up doing because of it. I thought that was really cool. Because yeah. you don't need, like, we all know how Spider-Man became Spider-Man. So, like, this is a really nice, easy way to give somebody, like, a TLDR and also, like, just set the tone. Which I well, and cool. set the
2: tone of, like... uh He's always trying to make make sure things go right, right? Because things started off wrong. Yep. And it's just, it, man, it was just such a great issue. Just like a, I, I like those. Uh, I like when a comic book does kind of a one shot, personal, you know, poignant look at a superhero yeah. of like what makes them tick, or just a small personal story. You know,
3: I think yeah. that's why we all love the uh, Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale you know cap blue oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Spider-Man, spider-man blue, blue. or i'm mean, cap white excuse yeah. me yeah daredevil yellow is like although they were you know four to six issues like that's what they were yeah, yeah they're but like they're
2: long form but they're super super personal stories. Yeah. like i will still get teary-eyed at spider-man blue every time yeah. i read absolutely. it absolutely like it's, it's probably hands book. down my favorite trade another that thing, i've ever owned
1: another thing about this uh 801 that i really like is that it it kind of like pulls the art style back to like the newspaper paper origins simple. of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, it, I think that's cool because I mean, that's really where Spider-Man got his go, right? It was in like, in the Sunday funnies. Yeah. Well, when he's
2: crashing through the window of the convenience store, uh, it's the classic pose from Spider-Man number one or whatever, you know, how he's got the guy under his arm and, you know, but it's him crashing through a window. Yep. Like that's just, it's great. I, yeah, I would recommend anybody, I mean, even if you don't read comics, but you're just a fan of superheroes and namely Spider-Man. Just go pick this comic book up. Yep. Read it. Put it on your bookshelf. It's a good reminder.
3: It is both a great starting point or a great ending point. Yeah. Like, I understand Lucas's view. It would be hard to continue on reading this after a 10 year run of dance lot and then finishing with like this perfect summation of everything that yeah. Spider Man is. Yeah, you can't yeah. do anything after this, the... but Nick Spencer, Ryan Adley. I gotta keep yeah. going. Yeah. 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 So, well, so know?
0: I was telling John, so I picked this up and I picked up number 800, which was really the end of like the big dance Slott story. And I was just like, this is bad. Like <laughs> that's, this is a much better way to go out than mm-hmm. 800 was. Cause that was a culmination of a big story. And I just read the one issue, but I just didn't like it at all. It was just kind of comics at their most ridiculous, I feel like. Yeah.
3: And I get that. Unfortunately, it was like, this book comes out, you know, three times a month essentially. And it's been building for like a year and a half, so you kind of got the culmination yeah. of like six different stories all in 22 pages.
1: So to, to tie it back to, you know, a good ending and a good starting point, something that this reminded me a lot of is, I can't remember the name of the, the writer, but before they handed off Cap to Remender and Mark Wade and mm-hmm. all those guys, whoever was writing it, he was one of the old school original Cap writers, he did like a 19 issue run before it transitioned probably four or five years ago, I have them all. But it was kind of like a 19 issue version of this where it's basically just like a big love letter to Cap, like reprising kind of his history and how he thinks. And so for me, that actually made me want to jump into the new Cap more because it like it reminded me of all the things I love about Cap. So I think that could help with this being a starting point for me because that's what fired me up. Yeah, this makes. Oh, I mean, A, Otley. I really like his art anyway. Yeah.
0: And uh, so I wanted to pick that up and then yeah seeing it like a new start and then seeing this book i'm like yeah i'll just start picking that spider-man up i I mean
3: nick spencer has a great yeah he does the fix which lucas and i have talked about a bunch morning glories which was the craziest book i've ever read and then uh that secret empire series he wrote that whole thing plus cap he did cap throughout that whole secret empire so i'm excited i think it's gonna bring spider-man out of his element a little bit. Nick Spencer is much more like sci-fi dystopian mm. alternate timelines bleeding together. I think it'll be pretty cool.
2: Well, I think you need an issue like this every once in a while to bring you back to ground it. Yeah. yeah, yeah to bring absolutely. it back to the ground, remind you who this character is, why they do what they do. And on a personal level, and then you can get back, back into the cosmic or, you know, the next big threat because there's, there's always going to, always going to be out there. But what you don't, get covered in comic books you know as much anymore is what they're doing in between those times and yeah. so yeah great issue um and then finally uh bendis's superman
3: yeah so he just finished he started it was called the man of steel it was a weekly series six issues and it's kind of setting the tone for what he's taking over he's gonna be do, doing both superman and action comics at the same time and he came in fast and loose <laughs> it's pretty cool each issue has a different artist um all previous superman artists uh but he switched major uh story right off the bat uh, krypton not destroyed hmm. by a meteor or the planet exploding like there is this creature that comes and blows up krypton and has now come to earth and is just Earth has to be destroyed because it's housed Kryptonians. Hmm.
2: Um, um I saw um on the tweeters
3: uh, yeah,
2: a frame, I think that's probably from an upcoming issue, um of like Superman like sitting in a look like a nursery. And he's just like it's all dark and he's just like staring at this teddy bear. Like, is something going on with him and Lois? Like
3: Yeah, so um a few months back, Jorel is alive it's what we've come to find out he survived and he's been pulling a bunch of strings around the dc universe and he appears and says he's taking their son jonathan oh shit they're like you're a, he basically said you're a disappointment like i sent you to earth and you've done good things but like you haven't achieved what you should have achieved and I'm not having that happen for your son. I'm is that? T-
2: is it kind of they should be bowing to you? Or what does he say? He doesn't
3: really say. Oh, okay. You know, he, it has that kind of nefarious tone. But the other part is like you should have advanced the society. Like we're a family of scientists. Like why haven't you improved Earth? You take this like I'm going to help people, but I'm not going to get involved stance. But you don't really know what his intentions are. Uh, he says, I'm going to take your son around the galaxy. And he's going to get a bunch of different viewpoints. And that's what he needs to fill the role as the actual son of L. And Clark freaks out. And Lois is just like, I'll go with him. Like, <laughs> You need to stay here. I'm going to go with him. So his family has left oh, with Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's heartbroken, you know? Yeah. I and mean, he lost both families essentially you know he lost both his earth parents he's lost krypton now his dad's back but he doesn't know him at all and his dad doesn't really like who he's become (laughs) it shames him and then takes his
2: family away but
3: i think it's a nice way for ben just to be able to do the kind of destruction that he wants to do without affecting what came right before and changing that all around with lois having a son with superman and now they're just off planet and supposedly safe Right. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. I picked up all this stuff. I don't... With Bendis, like, it's a lot more dialogue, you know? Which is a pleasant change for Superman, and he addresses it a bunch. It must have said, once per issue, like, I can't punch my way out of this situation. (laughs) That's always how I view Superman, and this is far more, like, showing how he thinks... And compares himself to other heroes and tries to take on their positive traits. And- right. Well, and Superman, I think, is a hard
2: character to write. Because for. he's dumb. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, it's it just feels so hit and miss uh, with his storylines. And I think some of the best ones are the ones where... I mean, he's Superman, for God's sake. But he's like he's got a big heart. And if you attack that, I think that's probably one of like the worst things that you can do to him. Right. So, I mean, uh, bringing him down to this low point, how they did. I mean, that's probably one of the better ways to show his humanity and his vulnerability. Right. Because he's the goddamn man of steel. Right. So, I mean, that sounds, that sounds pretty cool. Like it's a bummer for him, but. think they could take it some cool places.
0: Sounds more interesting than a lot of Superman books that you get. Yeah, exactly. Where it's
2: just him, like, what's the next big monster he needs to punch? Yeah. How's he going
0: to save the whole entire world this time? Yeah,
2: exactly. How's he going to dig
3: down and find a little bit more strength that he didn't know he had? I mean, the only Superman I read prior to this, really, since Death of Superman, has been, like, where it's not super... Red Son, Flashpoint, you know, anything where he is not Superman.
2: (laughs) Um, Alright, well that's all we had on the agenda uh, Thanks for listening, we'll catch you guys next week
1: Oh, oh! don't forget a message From our sponsors, oh, yes. the Church of our Pizza Our great sponsors, yes And, uh, shout out to the Bohemian Holla Brothers and sisters, welcome to another Quick thought From our Lord and Savior, Pizza There was a time when there was a great exodus Of people leaving the city Thousands, because they were persecuted For their love of the slice and one of the ministers sat upon a rock and thought, how, how will I feed these millions and millions of people? How will I give them food and sustenance? And just when it got the worst, when they had no idea what they would do, hosts of invisible beings descended, invisible delivery people, if you will. And each of them had pizza. And it did not matter what the personal tastes of the people were. Whatever pizza they ate was exactly what they wanted and needed at the time. And this was yet another time that pizza saved millions.
0: This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes.